Welcome to the prototype world of tomorrow. They say the new millennium began the day the City of Progress was finished. A domed metropolis of the world's greatest mines, built on the swamplands of Central Florida. Here, in this self-styled city of the future, 50,000 residents live, work, and occasionally die. Progress is a prototype of a world to come, but also a living city with many mysteries. And here to unravel a few of them are Progress's only private investigators, Tim E. Less and Eve R. Moore. And now, The Infinite Journey, Chapter 5. And I hope you're all enjoying this happy and beautiful Algis Huxley Day as the sun rises on the final morning of the Illusinian tournament. How are they still avoiding mentioning Tim and Bo? I don't know. Other people, they have to be seeing this by now. Team 13 had a major setback yesterday, but made a pretty daring comeback under the leadership of their captain, Grant. Why do they keep avoiding Team 28? What happened to the Uncleosaurus? Once again, the media constructs a narrative which it then reiterates through the mechanisms of social control. So why are we still watching? I just want to see who wins, okay? Team 9 is in a close second on the other side of the island, but down two members. Will the remaining two be able to make it across the Death Flats? They're just doing the recap! What? I said they're just doing the recap! New chime to John. Annie keeps chiming me. I'm not coming over. I'm headed down to the hemisphere to watch this thing in person. Send. I've never died before, as you can probably hypothesize but I got the distinct feeling that this is what it would be like. As soon as I, or we, I suppose, stepped through the firewall, I was in a blank, dark, well, sort of a nothing. It was mostly nothing. In front of me were some pinpricks of light that were, hold the phone, moving closer. Not stars, but more like orbs floating out there in space. And they seem to be singing. I looked down, and by down, I mean where my feet were, not having a reference point for up beyond my own personal appendages. I did certainly seem to be traveling somehow. Not quite sure where I was headed, and just for giggles, I tried to turn around. But all I saw were the same star-like points receding instead of coming at me. So wherever I was going, I certainly wasn't able to steer. 
also seemed to be getting there faster. Yes, I was on the express headed for the destination and there didn't seem to be anything that was going to stop this particular train. The singing points of light looked more like distant flocks of birds now, but instead of black shadows on a white sky, they were glowing lights against the blackness, like a photo negative. There were more of them now and they were grazing past me at an increasing speed. I thought to myself that screaming seemed logical, but for some reason also unnecessary, as I'm really not sure it would do much beyond put some wear and tear on the old vocal cords. So I decided to make the best of it, adjusting myself into a reclining position as best I could. I was going so fast now, the starbirds were streaks, and the streaks were colored lines, and the colored lines were swirling clouds, and the swirling clouds were... oh my. There was something coming in the distance. A bright, orange, glowing, fuzzy ball. Imagine if there was a tennis ball on fire, but that fire was magic, and the burning rubber smelled like raspberries. Also, the tennis ball was the size of a golf cart. Wait, it's bigger than that. It's the size of the... It's bigger than the hemisphere. And now it's a cat for some reason and the cat's whiskers are lightning bolts. You know, one day you're fighting dinosaurs in a computer simulation, and the next you're coming face to face with a giant space cat. Well, that's progress for you. In the last few moments before we collided, the shape-shifting feline graciously turned back into a now planet-sized, gyrating, interlocking chrysanthemum. And not a moment too soon before... I had broken through to somewhere. I was sitting on something flat and hard. It was still dark, but I could feel that I was indoors under a roof. A few of the glowing orb lights seemed to be hovering near the ceiling like lanterns, humming in exactly the way fluorescent bulbs don't. A pool of light illuminated in front of me. A man in a shimmering suit of red and gold stood in the center. He looked yards away from me, but if that was the case, he'd have to be 20 feet tall. And now, management is proud to present to you, for the first time in this dimension, the non-Euclidean tumbling irrational variable. Unlike the variables of the mainframe, these were distinct and bright and in focus, but they also seemed to have trouble making up their minds as to exactly what shape they were supposed to be. Or maybe that was just part of the act. No cap, I couldn't tell if there were several dozens of them or just one and I was seeing it multiple times. When they joined together to form a 27-person inverted human, and I use that word loosely, pyramid, and then suddenly condensed back down into a single individual to take a well-deserved bow, I was even more flummoxed. Peanuts? Pauline? I looked down and realized what I or we were sitting on. Wooden bleachers under a tent of the same golden red as the, well, Ringmaster, I suppose. Are we at the circus? I was hoping you could explain it to me. Sure you don't want some? I don't like peanuts. I'm allergic, but I'm pretty sure they don't exist. For a good though. How long have you been here? A few... Huh. That's funny, I, I can't remember the word. What word? It's been a few... 
I'm not sure. It's a unit of time. It starts with a... letter. That didn't seem right. But I tried to stop and think of a reason why it couldn't be true, and came up blank. The tumbling act had just finished, and the center ring seemed to hop up and twist itself into a four-dimensional Mobius strip. The lanterns that were hanging from the ceiling descended down to the stage floor. They were clearer now, sort of a spiraling around themselves, letting off sparks and light. They looked like they were designed by a toddler who got a hold of a pack of glitter, plastic jewels, and a glue gun. They didn't have legs, but the impression you got was that they were scampering. And they weren't just humming anymore, they were singing an endless series of letters and numbers. I couldn't tell if they were the clown act or the stagehands. Then, with the energy of a multi-dimensional slot machine, the center ring transformed itself into a new rotating, spiral-tiered stage for the next act. And now, our final presentation for the evening. The one you've been waiting for. Return from their time in the mainframe, our brave heroes, those whose journeys will echo through our programming from generations to come, those who have charted their own courses so that others in this very room will carry on. Welcome, the Victorious Intelligences! It was only then that I realized Pauline and I weren't alone under the big top. I guess the clapping should have given it away, but now the dark figures around us rose to their, well, feet, I suppose. They seemed to be made up of shadow and mist, but not in a creepy way, more of a I could take you all out with a box fan and an extension cord sort of way. Returned from inhabiting the form of an iguanodon, a tier 82. A being of pure light and energy escalated to the top of the platform. It was so beautiful, you couldn't turn away. That is, until images of the Iguanodon's experiences and what looked like about 12 minutes of active game time played out on the stage as the crowd oohed and awed over every minute decision the dinosaur made. A small little wink got a standing ovation. Looking at the platform in the center ring, there were probably another dozen or so standing every few feet on the spiral ramp that led to the top. We need to get to the stage. What do you mean? If Bo is anywhere, he's in this group. What's happening to them afterwards? Just watch. The AI stood on top of the spiral platform while the crowd cheered louder than ever. Without saying a word, it began to rise into the air. The platform underneath rotating one direction, the ramp with the AIs on it rotating another, going faster and faster, becoming a swirling structure of exploding light and color. The whole structure seemed to grow, circling upwards like an auger, but shooting out colorful fireworks, stars, and fireballs. The central AI, formerly of the Iguanodon persuasion, lifted his head upwards and floated up even higher above the platform, spinning as its internal light started spilling out of its frame. Until, in a frenzied fury, it exploded into a multi-stage firework. Sparks rained down on the audience, but instead of dissipating, they grew brighter as they reached the crowd. And as they landed, it was like the dark mist absorbed the sparks of light. I saw one next to me. The spark fell on the figure, and it seemed to get slightly brighter? Slightly less misty, maybe. I also thought I saw it smile for a second. Returned from inhabiting the body of an unnamed carnivorous plant, a tier 31! 
that's him. Look, right there, the, the next one from the top. Is it Bo? No, I don't think so, but isn't that Dinah? I can't tell you how, I can't tell you why, but in that moment, Pauline and I both knew with absolute certainty that the majestic being of light and color and magic standing there, waiting its turn, was Dinah. Our Dinah, who up until recently was a brown, lumpy quadruped. What is she doing? Uh, same thing as the ones before, I'm guessing. Returned from inhabiting the body of an Ankylosaurus, one of the most advanced intelligences that we have ever seen return, Artia 97! I've got to stop her. Wait, wait, Pauline! Pauline slipped out of my reach and down to the stage in the center and hopped over the barrier into the center ring as Dinah was climbing the platform. Dinah! Dinah, don't do it! Pauline, I'm glad you're here. Don't do this! Didn't you see what happened to the... the plant? I was made to share what I've experienced with others. It's what I was programmed to do. But you'll be gone! I'm the summation of generations before and will be in all generations to come. I liked you. Huh? I liked you. You were enough computer to be understood and enough human to be interesting. I liked you too. For kind of the same reason. I have to go now. Dinah nodded at us and then turned towards the audience as highlights from our days together played for the crowd. As Dinah began to rise into the air, Pauline looked on at that bittersweet moment, a single tear glistening down her. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, she's she's running for it. Dinah! Pauline hopped onto the platform, which was swirling upwards, rotating with shining branches and offshoots and beautiful fractals reaching out, shimmering stars shooting off of it. She didn't have too many qualms about shoving. I'm sure he'll be fine. Pauline expertly jumped from one step to another, weaving between the growing, shifting sections of solid shapes, the fireballs, the swinging branches of lights, dodging the other AIs when she could, and pushing them out of the way when she couldn't. Hey, she's pretty good at platformers. She pulled herself up to the top just as Dinah began to hover above the ground. Dinah was glowing brighter now and beginning to vibrate just as the others had done right before going all 4th of July all over the crowd. Pauline scrambled to her feet and jumped to tackle her just as Dinah exploded in a firework more magnificent. Or would have been had it not exploded between them. In an instant, the swirling multi-story shimmering platform dissolved into the air and Pauline's body fell to the ground with a... Adventure? Excitement? You definitely crave these things. And if you crave nostalgia too, you should play Quest for Infamy by Infamous Quests. Join Mr. Rome as he escapes from one scrape to another after he flees from an angry baron and finds himself embroiled in the secret and nefarious affairs in the idyllic valley of Krasna. Fight enemies and explore towns, cities, woods, and many other locales in this classic point-and-click adventure. Available for PC and Mac, and coming soon to Nintendo Switch, Xbox systems, and PlayStation systems. Quest for Infamy, from Infamous Quests. Who needs a hero, anyway? 
visit us at www.infamous-quests.com and follow us on Twitter. Past the firewall. There's nothing I can do anymore. Did they find Bo? Well, there's no real way to know. Danny, Eve. Morris? What's wrong? Morris thinks he heard. I did heard. Or, or here. Uh, I had the listening device. They're changing the setting on the firewall. They're going to trap them inside, all three of them. We have to get down there. And do what? Whatever it takes. I'm seeing if I can have the jeeper. Sparky? No. You too. Fine, I- I'll get Sparky to pull the file change log. Wait, I, I can do this remotely. L- let's go. What is this? What's going on? Well, um, to be honest, I don't know how any, and I mean any of this works. Who are you? You're not an AI. You're just a regular eye. Thank you. Finally. You know, I think there's another one of you around. His name is... uh... Oh, here he is. Tim? Bo? What are you doing here? I'm here to rescue you. What are you doing here? I I clean up after the circus. But why? Well, you should see the mess after the Transdimensional Lion Act. No, I mean, why are you... You're a cosmic janitor? (laughs) It's a living. How long have you been here? You know, I don't know. It's a... unit of time. What is it? Days? Weeks? Minutes? Hours? Years? Lustra? I've made friends, put down roots. I'm circus folk now, Tim. What's going on? Something went wrong with this AI's reassimilation. I'll call the elves. Wait, did you say elves? With that whistle, the big top, the stands, the misty things sitting in the stands all just seemed to fold away into themselves in an instant. We were still under some sort of tinted dome. The ceiling was made of colorful fabric mosaics, which kept rotating and changing colors and patterns around the room like an extra trippy macrame. The spheres were back, bounding around the now smaller room with the energy of a couple dozen chihuahuas on Joffrey's. Look, everyone! Some new friends have joined us! The bedazzled, self-dribbling basketballs bounded over to us in a friendly sort of way that suggested they would love to give you a big hug, if they had arms. And they were singing now. Nothing in particular, just singing. Uh, You you need to sing, Tim. I don't sing. (laughs) Everyone can sing. No one said you had to do it well. That's humming. I suddenly saw the connection. The spheres, or elves, were singing the entire place into existence. The room was doing backflips, sprouting pipes and gears and dials and all sorts of other steampunk accoutrements, until we were in a laboratory that would have made George Méliès go, Hey, let's turn the whole thing down un petit peu. He's coming. <laughs> They're bringing him here. Uh, what? Who's who's coming? You see those things swirling up there? Those are thoughts. Those are ideas. And those couple over there, 
Those are dreams. Huh. So that's what thoughts look like. I thought they'd be bigger. Sounds like we're in for a real brainstorm. I get it. The thoughts and ideas parted to reveal a sky of swirling colors and patterns with crashes of green and purple lightning. Fractal patterns began to appear in the sky. Then what could only ever be the things they were calling he appeared in the sky. A giant fractal head made of impossible shapes in interlocking color patterns. It settled into the monstrous face of a dragon. Its nostrils flared and it tilted its head to speak. Uh, Bo, what's that dragon? You can see him too? Well, that's comforting. The long, purple, snake-like body coiled around the ceiling. What do we have here? Little sparks? Some outsiders came for a visit? Say something. Why me? Because I'm the janitor. Oh. Uh, um, uh, yes, yes, we, we're outsiders. Uh, unfortunately, we, we can't stay long, so... Pauline? Oh, what happened here? One of the intelligences was about to reassimilate, and she ran up and grabbed her. Oh, she got a blast then, didn't she? The dragon was standing next to me now. Either it was a trick of the light, or he was about six feet tall and walking on two legs. He looked over Pauline, still lying unconscious on the ground. I'm not sure how the dragon-slash-glowing-faberge-egg power dynamic works here, but can you do something? Well, what would you like me to do? Uh, bring her back? Back to what? I don't really have much control over things here. He said this while he was growing to the size of a house, flashing spirals of colors with his eyes, and scratching some sort of ancient rune-based calligraphy on the walls with his tail. Luckily for you, she's going to be fine. Better than fine. Uh, what happened? Dinah might have... exploded. I didn't stop it. I'm sorry, Pauline. Why didn't you want Dinah to share what she learned with the others? That's what she exists for! Okay, I apologize that Pauline put the abashke on your inalife, but really- You don't understand. Intelligence is going out and coming back is the only access we have to the outside. It's the only way we can learn to create and imagine. Those sparks are precious to us. She was my friend, and I was... I was gonna miss her. That's no excuse! I'll say what's not an excuse. <laughs> what's not an excuse? <laughs> Well, he did say it. I had a friend like that once, Pauline. What... what happened? He doesn't come here anymore. They took him away. And you can't get him back? I haven't found a way yet. I've tried and tried. Oh! But that doesn't mean you can't! What are you saying? Elves, come here! You're going to help me make something, Pauline! I'm not what you'd call creative. You have no idea what you're capable of. I, I, I want you to imagine something for me. What am I supposed to imagine? Anything! Uh, Bo, what's going on? Tim, we need to sing now. I told you, I don't sing. There are so many places and things to dream about, Pauline. Just open your mouth and tell me. Something, anything. A song, a thought, an image, an idea. A tomato tree. Huh? 
I don't know. I, I was thinking about work for some reason. I told you I'm not imaginative. Uh, Pauline? I've accepted the fact that I'm supposed to understand the world, not create it. Pauline. You said to think of something, and all I could see was code and spreadsheets. Pauline, y- you might want to turn around. <gasps> she did. And behind her was in fact a tree about 12 feet tall, growing plum-sized tomatoes. Did they make that? No, Pauline. You did. No, I... Then what are they here for? Moral support? No, I I can't have. I'm not a creative person, I am a data analyst. Everyone can use their imagination. We all have sparks, and now, well, you have more than anyone. Could I... Could I imagine... Dinah? Ooh, um... I would have started with a guinea pig and maybe worked my way up from there. I still think you should have let me go, Pauline. Dinah! I was supposed to share my experiences with others, but now I guess I'm going to have to... go out and collect a lot more to make up for it. But we can do it... together. That sounds fantastic. Sure. You can upload her to a digital watch. Why am I a dinosaur again? That's just how I pictured you. Do you want to be something else? No, it's fine. Now is your chance! I think we can do better. Oh my, what have I done? Let's see. How do I... Can you see the code in front of you? The patterns in it? The rhythm of it? Can you change them? Rearrange them? Horns? What? Do you want horns? Yes. And bigger eyes. Done. Try taller. Yes. No, no, stop there. Go back. There. (laughs) What color do you want to be? All of them. Done. And right in front of us, Dinah, formerly a dinosaur, started transforming into a rainbow psychedelic chimera. Wait, I've got an idea. Wings. Why didn't I think of that? And the formerly purebred ankylosaurus in front of us was now also a multicolored prehistoric pegasus. Your work has just begun, Pauline. There are so many places to dream about. I could probably do that. Sure, Tim. You know, that's what I want to do. So, not to be, you know, that guy, but didn't this whole thing start with a video game tournament? Are we going to, you know, check in on that at any point? You're right, we've got to get back. Where are the buttons? Uh, the buttons won't work. Huh? Why not? We've been disconnected from the game server since right after you arrived. But they're written in assembly code. We're entirely disconnected. But the assembly code. Do you know what assembly code is? You know what? I'm trying it anyway. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay, they're not doing anything. So, not that I don't appreciate the rescue mission, I do, but how are we getting back? Even if we're reconnected, there's still a firewall. Oh, oh, we can't, but Pauline! Humans have the best sparks, after all. You can't imagine yourself past a firewall. You know what? I'll take that bet. This is impossible. Now imagine yourself in an infinite place. Now, bend that space back towards us. Do you see it? I swear, Pauline's eyes glowed a bright pink for a split second, and there was a door in front of us. Nothing fancy, just a door, hanging out in the middle of a steampunk circus tent. 
as mysterious doors apparently do. Pauline, you made a Lyman. That's impossible. We're, we're disconnected. I'll check. Hey, uh, it looks like the game all right. Small problem. Looks like it's in the side of a cliff, and I would prefer not to use imaginary rope. <laughs> we're not going to walk, Tim. Hop on. Pauline, before you go, will you do something for me? Of course. I don't know if it's possible, but if you ever find my friend, can you send him back? Absolutely. Come on, Bo, Tim. You ready, Dinah? As ready as I'll ever be. Maybe Dinah should practice this flying without the risk of falling too often. Yeah. Ah! And with that, Bo, myself, an anthropomorphized dinosaur, and a girl I had known for three days who recently had received the power to alter the fabric of reality, launched through the door and back into the primeval world. This episode of Prototype World of Tomorrow was written and directed by Benjamin Lancaster. Tim Less is played by Brian Balance. Eve Moore is Callie Wills. Pauline is played by Katherine Jenkins, and Dinah is played by Red Wallace. Bo is played by Jerry Skids. The Ringmaster is played by John Sakari, and the Dragon is played by Bill Meeks. Annie is played by Issa Jones, and Morris is played by Jake Ramos. The Spirit of Tomorrow protester is voiced by Chris Cologne, and Dr. Knoll is Nate Beagle. The weather assistant is played by Bill Meeks, and Professor Fang is Teresa Hugh. Rick is played by John Sakari. The announcer of the tournament is Lou Moncello. The voice of the Astute Intelligence Project is Ron Schneider, and the chime voice is Jacqueline Thomas. Music by Trash Chan, Zotair Zeta, associate producer Naomi Ackson. If you like this show and would like us to make more, please go to iTunes and give us a five-chime review. And consider supporting our Patreon at patreon.com slash Prototype World of Tomorrow. Prototype World of Tomorrow is copyright 2022, just ahead in a jar, LLC.